Buddy jellies, jelly jelly jelly. Taking on the jellies. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Aaron, and I'm sitting around the table with some amazing individuals who are about to go walking on a dream. So to introduce themselves to you, we're going to roll to see who goes first, but we'll have our name, our race, our class, and you guys will tell us what song your character would play to set the mood. Oh, look, no, don't make your noise right now. Come on. <laughs> some very loud <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not before the song is played. Damn it. Um, look, this is a tough one because I don't think Mike has been laid for a very, very long time. If at all. If at all. No, yeah. Yeah, well, if it's, if it's with the ex-wife, then we would play like the Imperial March or something like that. Oh, like <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's it's like a power play too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Definitely yeah, yeah. the dominant sort of. All right. Vibe. And Micah is a human. And oh, yeah, that's right. Human, paladin, level nine. Um, played by? Played by Michael. The lesser looking one at the table. No. Oh, stop it. Uh, yes, Brian. I am a Eldrin rogue. Uh, Bergram. And uh, Bergram, he is very much does his thing, but basically Pink Floyd comfortably numb. Imagine those serious just, eyes looking those at you. Those serious eyes are just, just sauntering into the room. I am Brett. I play Morvin the High Elf Wizard, uh, and he would play Turn Down for What? Ooh, <laughs> love it. Love it. What is the thought process there? Is love that it. Just, uh, just go in. Go, go all in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Morvin doesn't fantastic. do anything in half, so that's what that is. So that's what that is. <laughs> he's going, he's going. Is it that or a Hello Darkness mode? Uh, Sound of Silence. I am Michael, and I play Drew, the ugly human droid. For him, his song to get him in the mood would be just the sounds of nature, whether it's the trees blowing, animal noises, but uh, the waves on the no, shore. It's, it's any commentary Ooh. by David Attenborough. Absolutely. I thought it was going to be like a whale noise soundtrack or something. Uh, That's it. It was going to be uh, rabbits going at it. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host, Aaron, and Dungeon Master of D&D Valiant Odyssey. And the song I would use to set the mood is... <laughs> um, Game of Thrones intro. Kaysan, because I'm Australian. Um, do you like the subtle, sultry tones of Jimmy Barnes? I feel like I have to say yes, otherwise I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I never would have thought of Jimmy Barnes as being subtle, though. Never thought I'd hit Jimmy Barnes against someone in the mood. But <laughs> <laughs> when he goes, he goes. Mm. No, all right. Parties gathered and joined forces to assist Arden in escaping his dreamlike prison. As Micah, Drew, Beagram, and Morvan united, they shared valuable information and knowledge about the plans of Dolnak the Outcast. Discovering that nine weapons exist that can destroy his four evil soul fragments, the party must act quickly to set this plan in motion before his eyes are upon them. So, as we all cut in, the four of you begin to feel a lurching sensation from your chest. As you begin to spiral and spiral and spiral, your vision turns from whites to greys to purples to blues, this kaleidoscope of colour just flashing into your vision left and right. Eventually, you feel a solid surface hit you directly in the face. And as you slowly try to get your bearings in this space, you find your way to your feet and you look down and you can see that you're not standing on any solid surface. There is these swirling clouds of dark purple and blues below you. You look around and you can see just this astral mist of pink and white starlight just speckling through this area. You see through this cloud, this almost firing of neurons as if you're in someone's brain just sort of snap off and dart off into a different area. And to that point, you look around and you can see your companions materializing in front of you, fading from the darkness and into this current space. Looking around, you can see that you are not quite incorporeal, but there is a fuzziness about your form, knowing that you are definitely not in your current realm of existence. As you look around this area, you can see beginning to materialize these rocky pathways. Cobblestone after cobblestone just seems to pop up like sprouting flowers that seems to circle you to begin with. And then a pathway snakes to your north. At the end of that pathway, you watch as through the clouds, you can see columns that seem to be made of stone emanating up into the distance that you cannot see above. Echo, echo, echo. It does. Everything that you do and say has a reverberation to it. I 
touch myself to try and work out if I'm solid or not. Good way. You. Is I also there a bad t- way? I also touch Micah to work out if I'm solid. <laughs> <laughs> so you begin to feel your chest, Micah, and as you do, you can feel a solidity to it. Drew, your hand goes straight through Micah. Uh, I'm going to cast Mage Armor on myself. Can I look around and see if there's any kind of like dark synapses or dark, some sort of like kind of basically like a darkness or something that doesn't belong? Yes, you may roll a investigation or Arcana check, your choice. Uh, 16. 16. As you begin to look down this pathway, you can see that those columns, there seems to be six of them, they seem to be in a circle in the distance, and you can see in the center of that, there seems to be this black mass that seems to be electrocutingly almost statically charged. Wow. That expands and then retracts and then expands and then retracts, almost like a living, breathing eminence. Jeez. That uh, looks harmless enough, boys. What are we waiting for? And I start skipping. Does it look like it's being bound by the columns or just residing within them? You're not too sure, having never experienced anything like this before, but it doesn't vacate beyond that space. You're not sure why, whether it's tethered there, whether it's a memory that is kept there by those columns, whether it's something living, breathing that is residing in that space. You don't know. Should we maybe uh, get a bit closer and have a better look? Yeah, well, that's what we're here for, so let's, let's do it. Um, I also cast Mage Hand just to have it with me as well. Lead the way, mommy's boy. So the four of you begin to make your way down this path, this cobblestone track. Every step that you take seems to echo quite heavily. And as you get closer and closer, you start to hear sounds. You can hear the unmistakable sound of a spell charging and then hitting a surface. You hear this and then you hear this thud and this crash and you hear rock snapping. You then hone in your focus and you can hear the sound of swords drawing, clattering together. There seems to be a battle that's going on in this area. As you get closer and closer, you watch as the black clouds seem to part upon your arrival and you are met with a scene. As you look in, it's almost like opening the page of a storybook. And as you as you look at this chapter, you can see in washed out inky pictures that seem to play out in front of you. You walk into this space, this circle, around you that seems to be the courtyard of a city. More than all a history check. We're looking into one of Arden's memories, perhaps. Well, that was not that one, so... Okay, so looking around, completely overtaken by the arcana of this place, that particular courtyard does not seem familiar to you at all. Nine total. Still a one, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I just just wanted to uh, flex my plus eight. So yeah, as you look around, you can see that this this space is just completely unnatural to you all. Almost like watercolour blobs seeping through a page. You see what looks like a town square. A circular area that has these columns emanated in this dream and in the middle of it you can see this ogre that seems to pick up one of the columns and then just pick it up and smash it into the crowd and people just begin to dive either side of it as it dives either side of it you watches it then picks it up and slings it around into the crowd disperse except for two individuals as you look at these two you can see one of them is a wiry thin teenage boy you can see a brown mop of long hair tied back in a ponytail and the slightest stubble across the chin you can see that he's wearing robes that emanate the wasonia arcane institute although micah having spent time there recently they seem to be like the 80s version of it like an older version as you look, you can see that this individual is charging this electrical spell in his hands, and you can see that he is with a counterpart, a companion. You watch as they begin to dive off of each other. You watch as one of them takes a piece of energy from one and beams it up at this ogre individual, hits it directly into the chest. You watch as the ogre moves to the other side, picks up a rock and goes to smash the companion, dives out of the way. And as you all look at this companion, you can see its face seems to be blurred out, but it seems to have this body that looks very similar to Arden's. You then see as they begin to fight one another side by side, you can see that one of them extends this arcane rope, almost like a whip. The other one catches it. They run directly at the ogre, one on either side. They take a twirling motion and begin to tie its legs. And as they do that, they pull it taut. You watch as the other one throws the rope. So one of them is holding both sides. And then the other one casts this massive hand ability, this extremely large arcane hand and pushes it. And at that stage, Bagram, can you roll a history check for me? So did you say one of them resembles Arden? Yeah, the one that you can see resembles Arden. <clears throat> what about the other one? The other one you can look at seems to be a male in Wasonia robes, but the face seems to be all blurred out. Uh, 19. Okay, so as you look at this hand, you can see the one with the blurred face seems to have carved that. And this hand looks exactly like the spell that you had seen Delmac use before. You watch then, as that realization comes to you, the face dissolves almost like coffee dropping onto a napkin. The features become present. You see dark hair, shoulder length, piercing green eyes. This is the young face of Delmac. So that, does the other one look like the young Arden then? Standing side by side, I'm like, damn. I, I, I say, I'm like, guys, do you see his, do you see his face? Do you see his face? His face is, that it, it's Delnak. It's Delnak beside Arden. To that point, you guys watch as the face comes clear to all of you as well. You watch as this arcane hand pushes the ogre and the ogre falls down in front of you guys and the dream shatters. 
that 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 was the spell that Dalnat used on Alrod to just ma uh, mash him into the ground. That hand, that hand is what kind of triggered my familiarity. I knew Dalnat went to Wisteria, but I didn't know that they Wisteria is Desperate Housewives Street, right? Exposed. <laughs> 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 well, that's some bonus content right there. <laughs> I knew that uh, he went to with Sonia. I didn't realize that they went at the same time, though. That must mean that Arden's very old. Very, very old. Because Dalnak left long ago. I know that Arden's been around for ages. Um, I've only been here a brief time. Well, Dalnak was trapped in the Spiritbound Tone for hundreds of years. That makes sense with them being what we just referred to as star children. Is that not in line? That validates everything she's told us? Well, that, does that mean that Dalnak is a still here as well? Possibly. One thing's for sure, they clearly knew each other pretty well. Materializing around you seems to be the arcane building of what looks like a town crier's office. You can see a desk, and there seems to be a line. And you can see in that line, there seems to be different adventuring types. And the two that are standing there, the young Arden and the young Dalnak, all washed out as if this is like a watercolored memory. You can see them seeming pretty proud of themselves. And you watch as they get to the front counter. And this is almost like groups of adventurers being paid out for quests that they've taken. You watch as the group in front of them take a massive bag of gold. There's four individuals, and they begin to exit. And Arden moves up, and you can see his young figure, confident, slaps a hand on the table and says, the ogre outside Monitus, destroyed. Me and Del over here took care of it. You watch as the other one puts an elbow onto the table. You watch as the person behind the counter says, Ogre, Monitus. And you watch as they slide a small pouch of gold across the table. And there seems to be this necklace that seems to be jeweled next to it. And you can see it is, seems to be an uncut crystal topaz. It seems to have a connection at the top. You watch as Arden looks towards this person he's referred to as Del. And Del looks at him. Del just gestures. Arden takes both. He picks them up and he says, This isn't really my kind. He takes it and throws that to Del. And Del takes it. You watch as that just whisps away in front of you. Does Morvan recognize that? Uh, roll an icon check. Uh, roll a history check, actually. There's a nat 20, so 28 this time. Judging by the dullness of this artifact and the fact that it was handed over with about maybe three or four gold pieces, you discern that this was probably the first payout that Arden got from any sort of noble mission of virtue that he ever took. You also noted that the topaz mm. gem, completely non-magical by the looks of it. But that that's definitely not the... Uh... Definitely not the orb of any kind. You haven't seen the piece of jewelry before. It just looks like a mundane uh, amulet of kinds. But Del took it and you watch as he pockets it. And they both begin to walk out as the vision just... Would I look at more and I say, would that be something that could be a soul fragment? Can that something like that be used for one? I meant the one that I saw, it was also a necklace, but that was not the soul shot that I've seen. It would make me think that any piece of jewelry or any item could be imbued. So it doesn't have to be magical to start with. It could be a mundane object. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. City Street, this pathway through the forest of trees begins to materialize in front of you. Specks of purple and black smoke wisp throughout, noting that this still is part of the dream. And you watch as these two figures that were there before, the young Arden, the spindly, barely bearded, brown-haired individual looks towards his companion known as Del, this dark-haired, emerald-eyed friend. They stand on either side of the road and you watch as they handshake. And Del says, I'll be heading to see some relatives in Menitis if you need anything. And you watch as Arden says, I'll catch up with you some other time. But this was fun. I'll see you back at school, Del. You watch as they walk opposite ways. And that fades way too. Minotus is the town where Scanlan was. So if he's referring to family, then there's a high possibility that they are indeed related by yeah. blood. So again, if this was hundreds of years ago, Scanlan may not know him directly, but just purely through the blood could be thin. Oh, that, that could be part of the heirlooms and, and the, the things that they're passing down. As they depart, he then watches this wisp begins to surround you. This and at first you feel like another vision is beginning to materialize. But as it does wisp around you, you watch as it starts to get more and more violent. And then as you look towards each other, it begin, becomes hard to actually converse across this wind because it is so violent across each of your forms. You watch as your arcane hair begins to billow, and as it does so, you start to shout things across the void towards each other, but it seems like you can't hear one another. I need you all to make dexterity saving throws for me, please. 16. 23. 
13. 7. And 7. Okay, so as this wind begins to whip around, you watch as this static electricity weaves through it, some of it arcing off to hit you, Drew, and you, Bayagrim, but as it does so, you guys shield up or duck or deflect with a spell as you do so, but Morven and Micah, it seems to have taken you absolutely by surprise. You both take 12 points of uh, lightning damage. As it begins to wisp around you, you also see this blue orb that seems to be materializing above, and you hear this... <laughs> this wicked scream as it seems to look down upon you, all of you shone in this blue light, and then suddenly the wind just shatters like a glass window being hit by a rock. You look around you, and you watch as the four of you begin to drift further and further apart from each other in this arcane space. You look down, you're seemingly standing on a rocky boulder that is moving further around and orbiting this case that seems to be in the middle of this space. You can see this case is made of iron, it's a box, and it seems to be the shape of a sarcophagus, and you see chains just being torn on either side of this casket. It seems to be chained to various different rocky outcroppings on either side that is also swelling in this expanse. As you guys begin to drift and drag, you look up at this creature, and it just seems to be this almost arcanely built creature that seems to have these threads and tendrils of memory that seem to weave around this central blue arcane orb. As it does, you watch as it transforms and is almost erratic and static in its movements, and as it wisps around, moving from left to right and zigzagging this way and that, you know that this thing is here as a deterrent to you. As you look towards the casket, you watch as it then moves towards it, swirls around it, almost like a cat protecting its kittens, and it like lashes out towards you. At that point, we'll roll initiative. Hell yeah. Oh, baby. So looking at this space, as you begin to drift away from each other, you look around and you can see this arcane tethered creature seems to be extremely protective of this arcane case, this, this iron-like box that has changed to some rocky outcroppings that are floating further and further away from each other. Looking around as well, you can see these four glowing crystals that seem to be anchored by large chains towards other rocks, and you get the impression that these are extremely magical in nature. Bayagram, you are first in initiative, and looking around at this rock that you seem to be standing on, you can see in front of you there seems to be two rocky pillars, and in between it there seems to be this wispy smoke of arcane energy. You move a finger through it, and as you touch it and pull it away, it's almost like it ripples, like it's a gate or an arcane portal of some kind. You look up, and approximately 20 feet upwards and in front of you, you can see that this iron box resides that exudes this energy, and I want you to roll a perception check for me. 20, not natural. You can hear the muffled shouts of a disgruntled older gentleman, a voice you recognize to be Arden's. You don't make out what he's saying, but you imagine it to be some kind of spell component or some kind of verbal um, component for this spell because you watch as the seams to this iron box flare and then you watch as it's completely dispelled and seems to be absorbed by this creature. This arcane energy that uh, moves from the seams tethers across the chains that are attaching it and seems to move into one of the four crystals that seem to be around this divine space, this dreamlike scape. So with the initiative, you go first, what do you want to do? So can I tell that basically that I want to take out those crystals? Is that kind of, does yeah. that what it looks like? You can discern what you would like from that, my friend. All right. So All right. Sorry. Did, your conclusions are your own. So did the spell get dissipated and absorbed by the crystals? Is that, or? It seems like it was dispelled, but that energy moved through the chains and into the crystals, it seemed. The, from my platform to the nearest crystal, how far is that? So that's the one just to the uh, kind of northeast-ish. Yep. So from your platform, that seems to be completely uh, drifting slowly in this space. You can see to your east, about 25 feet this first arcane crystal that seems to be just spinning and emanating embedded into this rocky outcropping of its own. As you look around as well, you look over the edge of the rocky outcroppings you're all on, and you can see this Milky Way-like galaxy swirling around through it as well. And you can see as well jolts of arcane light that seem to be bouncing and hopping from one space to the other. And you can also see that that may cause some trouble a little bit later. I don't want to be down there at all. And was it the that field in front of me? Can I tell where that might lead? Or it just seems to have no, no idea. The arcane energy coming off of it is immense. So you know whatever spell is there, it's pretty powerful. All right. I like the known more than the unknown. I'm actually going to misty step 30 feet to the other to the northeast to the other side of that crystal. So basically that same crystal that was 25 feet away. I'm just going to go to the far side of it and then bonus action hide there. Roll yourself check for me. 30. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's survived down there, people. It right, is. So you it seem is. to be quite hidden as you duck down behind one of the, the rocky faces. You feel the glow or the blue like energy coming from this crystal. And as you look at it, it almost feels and looks like there are pictures playing out inside the crystal, almost like a fractured television. And you can see like a glimpse of Arden's face and then you can see a glimpse of Siraj. And then you can see like a fire that seems to be burning within the office space of the Odyssey. It seems you're looking into a memory. 
right, that, that's on. Um, yeah, and we can't really yell at each other because there's too much you distance. Can, or you can try to. Well, they want to see more than... Yeah, no, that's fine. It would break yeah. yourself if you did yeah, too. Yeah, or try to lure you into a trap there. Well done, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at that, at initiative count 20 after Bagram also. Uh, I need one of you to roll a d4. Anyone, doesn't matter. Okay, so for the next round, until the end of Bagram's next turn, until this starts again, you will have the thrust ability, which means that you can move 15 feet. So 15 feet on top of your original movement, you can use to essentially fly or thrust you in a direction, okay? So from now, from this point on. Is our movement speed our speed, or is it basically... You have your movement speed, yeah. and you have 15 feet of thrust on top Beautiful. of that. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Uh, so that's until the end of Bagram's next turn. That brings us to this creature's turn, this devouring memory beast. You watch as this creature begins to spiral its way across one of the chains, seemingly to move closer towards the western side of the map, and you watch as it maneuvers straight into one of these gates that seems to have previously been in front of Bagram. And as it does so, you watch it disappears. You then hear this, this whispering seems to occur. It's at that point as well that behind you, Drew, coming out of the portal, you can see this creature just begin to land. Uh-oh. As it does so, I would like you to roll two wisdom saving throws for me, please. Two, goddamn. Big money. That is a 20 and a success. You will take seven points of psychic damage. And for the failure, you will take 11 points of psychic damage. As these two white tethers almost like hairs begin to move their way around your arms and then almost fill you with this rackish arcane energy that almost electrifies your entire form it's at that point as well that it will uh end its turn there damn your turn drew Ooh, so are we confident like th so any spell we cast is gonna work or not gonna work you don't know. don't know you've seen a misty step be cast that seems to have been unaffected you have also seen a mage hand and a mage armor be cast before in this dreamscape you're just not too sure okay well i'm gonna try and cast a spell what level is it fifth level Oh, okay. Destroy. If it doesn't work, I'll be fucking mad, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, what are you asking? What are you going to cast? Well, I want to get a bit of a flavor, but I'm going to attempt to summon a draconic spirit. Oh, nice. So what does it look like as you cast this spell for the first time? Hell yeah, it is the first time. So, uh, Drew's eyes uh, will definitely shine white. They'll glow with that sort of bright color, and you can see him almost flare up to the point where maybe his hair even almost starts to stand on end and his beard poikes out. And uh, you see basically from just in, in between the two of them, or almost right next to the, the, the thing we're facing, a giant uh metallic -y, sort of hard scaled metal dragon spirit come into existence it's uh, corporeal in form yeah it's a metallic style dragon so sort of gle gleaming almost colored scales on, on its body as you see it appear into existence and then you will also see drew is going to wild shape as well he's going to turn into a giant scorpion but you'll see him almost kneel down hunch over a bunch of legs spring out from his side his hands turn into big little pincer boys and uh yeah they're gonna he's gonna look at him and be like little Click his pincers, but like, ah, looking like he's gonna attack, and then he's gonna run through one of the portals. <laughs> Alright. As you look, you can see a portal in front of you and a portal behind you. There's two on your current rock. Would you like to run forward or back? Alright, I need you to roll a D10. Seven. Drew dies. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, as you run backwards through this portal in your scorpion form, you materialize, and as you do, you look around and you can see Morvan exactly next to you. Wicked. I'm gonna stand it behind Morvan. You look immediately back to your west and you can see the dragon doing battle with this creature about 40 to 50 feet to your left. Uh, what I would also like you to do, please, is roll a D100. 100, okay. This will be the first time I think I've had to roll this. 38. Yep, 38. So you watch then as these six creatures begin to emanate from the abyss and you can see that they seem to be this uh, jellyfish-like creature that seems to have these two eye stalks that seem to reside on them. And you watch as all six of them just like... And you watch as they attach themselves to you and they begin to start to suck the energy out of you, seemingly drawn by the arcana that you just uh, cast. Uh oh um, Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of Drew's turn. It is now the Draconic Spirit's turn. And he is going to try and put a bit of smackdown on this big boy here. Alrighty, so he gets a multi-attack. So first attack, he's going to, he has to rend it twice and then use a breath weapon. Uh, so that'll be two 21s to hit. Both will hit. 27 damage. 27, so nice. That's for both attacks. Yep. And now the breath weapon. Breath weapon. That is a dex save. Oh, that's a natural one. That says fail. Wicked. And that is going to be six of lightning damage. As he breathes out some lightning. Taste my lightning, fucker. Alright, so as this creature bears down on this arcane dreamlike uh, aberration, you then watch this electrical energy move through it, and it seems like it almost breaks apart the fibers of this memory 
as it then begins to reform. Okay, you can see that the electricity or lightning seem to do quite a bit more damage than Ooh, what you'd expect. Ooh, lovely. At the end of your turn, you watch as these jellyfish creatures begin to suck the energy uh, out of your, your body. You take five points of static electricity damage, and you need to roll a concentration check for me. Bastards. Right, beat a 10. Okay, uh, that's a 22. Beautiful. So as long as you beat a 10, yeah, you got to beat half the damage. For a All right, that then brings us to Morgan's turn. How far away is that creature from me? Okay, so as you look towards your west, the creature battling the dragon seems to be about 35 feet away from you. Ooh. I'm going to level my staff and cast Lightning Bolt from it. Level 5, it has to make a 17 deck save. Uh, it gets a 15, so it fails. That was a lot of 3s, 2s, and 1s. 26 pathetic damage, sadly. That was off 10d6, by the way. Damn, Principal so, Skinner walks in and says, pathetic. That's less than <laughs> half damage. Okay, so through this arcane space, you watch this Lightning Bolt just pierce through some of the grey and purpley clouds. You watch as it moves forward, gathering the static electricity from around it. hits this creature directly into the back of its form. As you cast that spell, Morgan, I'd like you to uh, roll a d100 for me, please. Mm. Do we need to try and smash these crystals first, or what, what do we want to kill the big boy? What level spell was that? 82. That was fifth level. As you begin to let this lightning bolt go, you feel this invigoration of energy move through your body. As you flip the staff back around towards you, you look around, and everything around you seems to be slowed down. You watch and you look, and you wonder why nobody's moving. You get to take an additional action right now. Ooh, baby. Uh, well, I guess I'll cast another lightning bolt. All right, dexterity save. Uh, that will be a natural one. There's a lot of ones. 32 this time. All right, good damage. All right, so as you release this lightning bolt as well, for the rest of you, you see in super speeded up time, Morvan seems to cast this lightning bolt from his staff, swing it around his body, and then charge up and sling another one, almost like he's hitting a baseball bat for a home run. It hits this creature twice, and just as the charge begins to dissipate off of the first attack, the second one hits it directly into the back. It's just been blasted by electricity from the dragon and hit twice by Morvan the wizard. It then brings us to Micah's turn. Follow that. Dragon and two lightning <laughs> I bolts. I really don't want to fight. <laughs> Micah concede. First of all, oh, we... Sorry, sorry, Michael. Did you want to move, Morvan, or stay there? Uh, I'll stay. Okay. Well, actually, how far away is the nearest anchored point? You mean the one that is like a memory point? Yeah, anyway, that's actually fixed. Uh, okay, so 50 feet, to your, 50 feet to your east is the nearest memory anchored point. The rest of the uh, rocky orbs around you seem to be hovering in this space and moving around. Can I move... Can I do a Misty Step as a bonus action? Sure can. I'll move over and then Misty Step to one of those anchor crystals or dream crystals. So I'll say that you move directly to the edge and you jump five feet off of the area and then that will give you enough uh, movement to misty step 30 feet to the east directly in front of one of the second memory crystals. And as you look through it, you also seem to see what looks like the flashes of a memory. A man that looks a lot like Zendata. So you can see white hair that seems to be flowing, these half moon glasses on his head. Uh, you can see like an, an angry sort of expression coming from him through this one. Being up close, am I thinking that Arden's dreams or memories are captured by these and destroying would actually remove like remove his memories? Roll an arcana check. Uh, unnatural 20. Looking around this space, you can see that there are at least three chained tethers to this iron box that seems to house what you assume to be Arden. Looking around, you can see four crystals, and each one, or the one that you're looking at at least, houses what looks like a memory. It almost seems like these memories are being held captive and therefore disallowing Arden to use some of his powers to escape. He does not have access to these memories right now, and he may need them. As you look at the crystal, it, the memory seems to be contained in that crystal. So whether you know that to mean that the memory is trapped within or it's trapped by the chains, you're not too sure. You'll have to try and test some things out. Smash that crystal, Maxwell. All right, Mikey, you're up. All right, I'm going to use my movement to move towards the um, the memory crystal in front. Yep, uh, that is a open void. So how are you attempting to do that? Uh, run and jump, it's 15 feet. It is 15 feet. You can use your thrust. As you jump off of this area, you almost get a boost uh, coming from behind you. You immediately get to the crystal in front of you, and you can see it glaring and glowing in front of you. You hear a voice that says, I didn't know you could fly, Micah. We'll learn something new every day, I guess. I guess we do. What are we going to do with this crystal? And then I'm going to use one attack on the crystal. Okay. Um, we'll just see what happens first. All right. That is a dirty 20 to hit. That will hit. Three damage. That is 13 points of damage. Uh, 13 points of damage. You watch as you pick up this glaive of yours. It infuses with this green and red energy coming from Fizz. You slice the crystal and fracture it. As you do, you hear 
the sounds from around you begin to dissipate almost as if you're underwater and it is replaced by the voice of a female. You can hear what sounds like a soothing voice and you feel this hand touch your cheek, but it's not your cheek, it's Arden's cheek. And as you look into this woman's eyes, you can see that she has this bluish white complexion, pointy ears, very beautiful, dark hair, uh, very thin eyebrows. And you can see that as he leans forward, kisses her on the cheek and looks down, you can see that she's holding a baby. It's at that point as well where it cuts and you can see that you can see that he seems to be talking to this same woman as Arden seems to be talking to the same elvish woman, you can see that they seem to be in a heated conversation. The words are escaping you. But it's at that point you hear him say, No, we can't kill him. He's my friend, Redalia. I can't let him go. We'll trap him in the spirit-bound tome. My ancestor, Oric, will watch over him. And it's at that point you watch as she slams the door, and you feel an incredible sense of sorrow go through you. You watch then as the crystal in front of you, your eyes return back to the room, the sounds around you also do, and you see it just shatter around you. You watch as this arcane energy moves from the crystal, all the way through the chain, hits the box and begins to charge it in blue. Did everyone else, can everyone else see that from their vantage points? Or am I right? they, they saw the movement of the energy, they yeah, did okay, not yeah, see yeah. the memory. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, I guess I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll end my turn there. Alright. That brings us to the end of your turn. Brings us back up to Bagram's turn. Bagram, hiding behind this memory crystal, what would you like to do? Uh, was it, do I kind of get the same sense that basically if I, this crystal, basically kind of smash it away we go? Yeah. Kind of I'll say that you looked up and saw Micah destroy this crystal. He's now standing in front of her, a void in the middle of this rocky outcropping and it seems like an arcane tether that had once attached to the crystal now has moved its way through into the iron box that Arden's in. Uh, all right, yes, yeah, so I will um, pull up my vicious rapier, my magic, magical rapier, and uh, take an attack on the crystal in front of me. All right, roll an attack. Uh, 17 plus 8. That was a hit. Roll your damage. Uh, max damage, four, uh, 12. Okay, uh, so you watch again. As you stab this crystal, you watch as it just starts to have these spiderwebs of cracks around your vicious rapier. You watch as the light around the puncture point seems to flare, and as it does so, your senses begin to dim as well, and as they do so, you can see you are in a darkened room. As you look around, you're looking at the desk that seems to be extremely dark and mahogany-like, and you look around and you're in Arden's office. You reach outward and you grab a glass. You can see that glass is full of some kind of alcohol, and you take a swig of it. And as you do, your eyes go blurry and foggy. You watch then as there's this arcane light that flashes in the corner of the room, and there you can see Siraj. There's a muffled conversation that happens, and you watch as you stand. You look down, and you can see your hands. I didn't mean to do it. I lost them, okay? And then it just whoosh, smashes away, and you return back to them. Cool. Uh, yeah, from there, basically, I'll, I'm going to run towards that, the last crystal, uh, last crystal on the north side, or the one on the north side, so I'm going to kind of follow the pathway around, um, and then kind of leap across those chains with my, uh, was it, movement and bonus action dash. Okay, so on this rocky outcropping you're on, it is the largest one that's anchored. Uh, you are in a bit of a rise at the moment, so as you begin to travel northward, I'd like you to make an acrobatics check just to land appropriately. 17. That's perfect. So you three-point hero landing as you uh, touch down on the rocks below. Yep, keep billowing behind me, kind of yep. following. Yep, exactly. Uh, and as you do that, I'll say that's your 15 feet movement of thrust for the yep, turn. Cool. You now have your actual movement to go. Uh, so I've still got basically 60 feet of movement, and I'm going to try and get onto that other platform right beside that other crystal okay. uh, on the north there. So you begin making your way northwest, and as you get to the base of the chain that seems to be tethering this crystal memory, uh, you start to tiptoe across it, and you can see the, the winds that seem to be around you begin to uh, batter against you, making it quite difficult, but you're able to get straight across uh, as a result. And you look at the, the crystal beyond. Um, and that'll be it. Uh, that then brings us to that thing's turn. Uh, I need one of you to roll a d4. Three. I need one of you to roll a d10. Nine puppy. All right, so as you begin, as you look around this space, you can see the arcane charge of electrical energy seems to encompass this area, especially with the explosion coming from Morven and coming from the dragon. This electrical force of static just moves through the clouds, and as it does so, you can see almost like a defensive mechanism from the brain in which you are in this arcane user's brain. This living spell, this living lightning bolt begins to emanate on one of the platforms, and you can see it then begin to move through the area, darting from cloud to cloud, and as it does so, it gets directly in line with Morven. And Morvan, can you please roll a dexterity saving throw for me as you watch this lightning bolt just surge towards you? Uh, 23. 23. Okay, so you will take half of this damage. 26 points of damage, half to 13. This Whoa. lightning damage just surges through your form, bolting through the clouds and moves across your every um, every fiber of your being. 
So you take six points of lightning damage from this creature. Uh, that's that thing's turn. That then brings us to the, the big boy's turn. And it is going to move backwards. You get an attack of opportunity with the dragon. Ooh, lovely. Just one attack? Just one. How's that work? Cool. cool. 17 to hit. Uh, that is going to hit. Lovely. 13 damage. All right. So as the dragon strikes it, it moves back into the portal. You watch as it disappears. You then see it appear in a portal very close to you, Morvan. There's a very strong arcane user in here. It seems these things are attracted uh, to you with what it's about to do. Uh, with that being only five feet of its movement, you watch as it then glides across to land within five feet of you. And I would like you to please roll a DC 16 charisma saving throw. Well, charisma, why can't you attack the paladin? Oh, as uh, six. You can see this creature moving towards you. It slows down as it approaches. You hold the staff directly in front of you and you watch as this small slither of arcane light touches the end of it. And it gains your curiosity and you move it, your staff to the left. And as you do, you move it to the right and it seems to follow. And as you're attracted by this, you watch as it surges down the staff, up your arm and then into your mouth. You are possessed. More than is mine now. Shit! <laughs> oh no! You watch as the creature to the rest of you seems to disappear. More than your eyes flash electric blue and they don't stop flashing. Almost like a strobe light just going off. Drew, it is your turn. Holy shit. So we can't see the big creature anymore? No, but you can see Morvan is statically charged mm. and he is... <laughs> Damn. His best life. I'm wondering if, uh, yeah, maybe we should deal with these uh, crystals first and then come back to that. Don't really want to attack Morvan. I'm going to deal with the jellyfish that are on me and then the dragon may, may, mm -hmm. may do that. So can I attack the... the so explain the, the, what the jellyfish are doing to me. They just look like arcane looking jellyfish that seem to be moving around you, sucking the arcane energy off of your form. They seem to be just like parasitic, almost like feeding off of the extra extra voltage that you're uh, exuding at this minute. All right, I'm going to try and yeah, attack those things and get them off me. All right, as a scorpion, roll your attacks. They are within five feet of you, so... They don't have a strong plus hit. That's a 22 and a 9 to hit. One of them will hit. No need to do damage, they only have one hit point. Okay, cool. So as you strike the, with the tail, one of them immediately hits uh, out of the six, so you have five left on cool. your person. Right? And then scorpion also gets a stinger attack. And that's a 14 to hit. That will hit. Uh, so a second one uh, just busts out as well, leaving four Good. on the person. Alrighty. Um, then before the dragon takes a turn, I might move around. So what options do I have? Looking, to... looking at this uh, rocky form that you're on, you can see that this, apart from the arcane gate you went through, there is one to the right and one directly in, uh, in front of you. There are two arcane gates in this area. Uh, I'm going to run through the one in front of me. Okay. As you begin to run forward, I need you to roll a d10. Seven. Okay. You come back out of the one that you just went through. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you rolled seven last time too, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so at that, you watch as you run through this gate and immediately you see this arcane flash and you immediately are facing the exact same gate you just ran through and you look around, you're in the same position. That sucks. Yeah, if I get these jellies on me, then I'll, I'll come and help Morbin. But for now, I'll, uh, I'll say that use 10 feet of your movement. That's fine. Oh, so I can do it again. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, let's go. We're going again. Buddy, Drew. All right, different D10. Go for it, roll a D10. That's a five. Yep, five. All right, so as you run through it this time, you begin to exit. And as you do so, you pop out facing your dragon to the south and you look behind you and you can see above you about 20 feet is the casket that Arden seems to be attaching himself to. To your immediate right, you can see a crystal that Bagram seemed to have shattered and smashed. And to your left, you can see, or to your, to your uh, southwest, you can see a crystal that Micah seems to have just shattered. I'm going to, well, yeah, I'll sit there for now. Uh, then the dragon is going to try and go through where the, uh, try and follow the, the, the creature that just took over Morven. Okay, so you're moving it towards Morven? Yeah, definitely. Um, so again, does it have to go through the, the portal? You can, can fly through can, space if you want. It's a fucking dragon. Of course it can fly. It's <laughs> stupid. All right, well, it's going to fly over as close as it can get to Morven. What's its movement? You will notice as well as you're looking at this area. Uh, 60 for flying. Okay. You notice as you're looking at this area as well, two of the crystals seem to have been shattered, and therefore two of the chains illuminating this iron box are illuminated, leaving only one left that seems to need to be uh, shattered. Oh, that's all right. Mine isn't actually attached to the casket. No. All right, we'll still fly over there. Yep, I'm going to smash it then. All right, roll an attack. First one. 24 to hit. That will hit. Roll your damage. Uh, 14. Okay, so you watch as it shatters. You watch as your dragon's eyes go comatose for a while, seeming to have a visual memory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's first one. <laughs> it's first ever memory. <laughs> you watch as it now holds some of the secrets to Arden's past. <laughs> Your eyes return back to normal. <laughs> and the crystal seemingly shattered. You don't know what's happened as oh a result of it, but the crystal's gone. <laughs> um, what you do see, though, is the arcane spell that seems to be emanating around as like a defense failsafe mechanism also disintegrates and disappears. So that seemed to be the uh, defense failsafe crystal. 
No, you know, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna attack Morvid. Second attack. That's a nat twenty. Yes. <laughs> Does anyone want to double check that? No, I me? don't. A dragon attacking Morvid. You're just like. Sorry, wait. That's yeah. Now it's only fifteen damage. Okay, so take fifteen points of damage on your person. That's all it is then. And then I'll use my breath weapon as well, which is a save for Morvid. Well, matter that's a three. So fire six lightning damage, and that'll be Dragon Boy's turn. So what are you going to do on your turn, possessed by this dreamlike walking creature? So looking at the battlefield at the moment, you can see two crystals that hold this prisoner at bay have been shattered. The third is about to be shattered by somebody who's up towards oh, the okay. north. Uh, well, if that one shatters, there is nothing holding your prisoner. Right, oh, so I gotta protect that crystal as well, you're saying? At all costs. All right, well, I'm gonna wall of force around that crystal. Oh, you're within range. It's 90 feet towards your northwest, and you can see Bagram just about to stab uh, this crystal. And just before it does so, you cast wall of force, and you see Bagram, the spell that encompassed your demise, begin to move its way between you and your quarry. You are now unable to attack it for the foreseeable future. Oh, that is filthy. I, I basically just kind of, you just see, just Bergram just fully deflates because the last two times he's seen it, it's been bad news. Okay. As you look at this as well, you can see that it has seemingly been cast by Morven from the south. You can see a blue arcane outstretched hand that seems to have cast it. And knowing him as well as you do... I knew there was an inside person. <laughs> perhaps this is betrayal. All right. Do you have a bonus action or movement that you'd like to do, Morven? Um, I will pray to get away from dragon. How close is dragon to me? The dragon within 10 feet. So 10, 10 feet is his attack. Um, yeah, well, I guess I would bonus action and then move. So 30 feet, 60 feet away. Okay. Yeah, I say, well, to more land, I guess. So uh, to pretty much straight to the north. All right, fantastic. So Morvin Misty steps away from the dragon, leaving it in his wake. You can see his arcane blue eyes flaring once again, leaving you, Micah. What would you like to do? So the wall of force, that would have been observable from that vantage point yep. that I'm in. And I've seen Morvin cast it. All right, we're running through the gate, boys. All right, so the gate towards your north, you look at, and you look towards Morvin, and you're hoping that you can get there, knowing that you can possibly free him from his arcane prison. You run through it. Roll a d10 for me. Uh, there's a six. Okay, so as you run through it, you begin to run out of a gate that seems to be directly towards the wet, the east of the one that you just went through. You look and you are now about 40 to 50 feet away from the dragon and a little bit closer towards Morven. You are now in the middle of this area, 60 feet away from where Morven's standing. No, the gate. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have that thrust anymore either. No, oh, right. this time when it rolled, it, it got an animated spell. Yeah, we do another gate then. All right, run through, roll a d10. <laughs> That's a seven. Uh, that one brings you to the one just to the south of you that Drew has been rolling on this whole time. So as you get towards this one, you run out and you can see two more gates in front of you, but you seem to have been now moved further away from Morven. That took another five feet of movement. So we're going to jump over. We're going to jump over towards where the crystal was. Yeah, where the crystal was. To the east of you, you can see the shattered crystal that was destroyed by the dragon. You misty step directly to that space and you can see Morven is 30 feet in front of you now, uh, having misty stepped from that position last turn. So you've misty stepped, you've moved 15 feet. I'm used to action to dash. Move All forward. Right. So you close the distance. After running through two portals, arriving here, <laughs> misty stepping, being arcanely befuddled. You immediately make your way up towards Morvan, dragging the glaive across the floor as you do, exhausted and steaming with this electrical arcane energy. Uh, so that's action done, bonus action and movement spent. Yep, you are completely finished. Bagram, you are up. Excellent. And can I see Morvan from where I am? I would say that there is... Or is it just that, that stairwell is in the way? I'd say that you can see through it, but if you're going to target him with something, it will be with hard cover, so plus five to his AC. All right. Can I move back across that chain? So I've got 30 feet total. So I move back across that chain and kind of find a, a way to kind of poke around and look for Morvan? Uh, yes, you can. So okay. it's 20 feet to get back across the chain. And another 10 feet of movement. And then 10 feet of movement. I'd say the best space that you could probably get is moving across the chain towards the iron box. And then you can see underneath the platform of the crystal that you had just destroyed. Okay. Looking underneath it and seeing Morvan directly. And I can see Morvan from there? I'd That's say fine. because you're a bit closer, yeah. yeah. You, you okay, cool. From there. I'm going to try something. This is actually the first time I've done this one, but I'm going to try a phantasmal force. Basically means I can craft an illusion that takes root in the mind of the creature you see within range. Target must make an intelligent saving throw. On a failed save, they become visible with the phenomenon. And basically based on the phenomenon, different things happen. So. So, intelligence save? It's intelligence save. More than you have to make that using your stats because you retain your intelligence. 20. Okay, so with this phantasmal force, you watch as this arcane image begins to project in front of Morvan, in front of his eyes, but you watch as it's immediately uh, taken away. He by... sees right through it. Yeah. Yep. So, am I in the middle of that chain? Yes. So, hiding is not really an option? No. 
<laughs> you have a bonus action to dash backwards, but yes. you can't hide. Um, I am going to dash backwards so that basically I've got full cover from more of an area where, so I'll just kind of go backwards, just kind of behind the stairs again, give myself a good hard cover. Okay, cool. All right, so you're able to get directly back across, having cast this spell, hiding and backing up against the staircase. Yep, and that's me. All right, somebody roll a d4 for me. Go for it, Micah. That's a three? Was it a three? It's a three. Yep. Three, nothing happens. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. So the crystal's gone, so, so nothing happens on a three this time. Uh, at that, you watch as it is its turn. Morbin, what would you do in this case? You are now being assaulted by uh, Micah. You can see that you're... <laughs> well, I assume Micah's wearing plate armor or metallic armor. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> It's okay. I'm not a druid, so I, I'm not a druid. I don't have heat metal, but I do have shocking grasp. I have advantage on attack roll if the target's wearing armor made of metal. It's only a cantrip, so 2d8, and you can't make a reaction. So I'm going to hit you and then run away, basically. Smart, because polar mastery was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so roll your attack with advantage, please. 17 plus 11. So. That's going to hit you, boy. Would you be shocked if I said that miss? I'd be amazed. <laughs> not as shocked as you're about to be. Oh, <laughs> that's inspiration. <laughs> it's nine uh, lightning damage. Okay, so you take nine points of lightning damage as it surges through you, and more than you're about to run away? Yeah, uh, no reaction. Are you running across the chain? Yeah, just further away. Okay. Just might keep away like a wizard should. Yep, absolutely. So you get across the chain to the north uh, east, and you land on another anchored rock in this memory-like dreamscape. That then brings us to Drew's turn. Yeah, boy. Hmm. Oh, yeah, how, many, yeah, how many jellies? Let's get rid of some of these jellies. You've still got four on you. Bloody jellies, jelly, jelly, jelly. Taking on the jellies. <laughs> so 19, a 17, and an 11. Uh, two hit, one Damn. does not. All so right. you have two left on you at the moment. You watch as uh, two of them just dissipate in an electrical charge. First dude was like, whoa. Uh, now Dragon's turn. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try and run closer to Mormon as well. All right, run through a gate. Through the portals we go. Roll a d10. That's a one. All right, you go back to the portal that Micah started on. All right, well, I can't do worse than that, so I'm going to run through another one. You can roll one again. <laughs> I can't get further away Go from it. So you've used five feet of movement. That's a two. All right, you're getting closer. <laughs> you are now at the one that uh, uh, Micah smashed, the crystal that Micah smashed. So you've used oh, an additional five feet. Want to go again? Go for it. Roll your it's like the worst game of whack-a-mole. That's an eight. Uh, okay. As you run through this gate, you can see that there are three additional gates in front of you. Micah seems to be to your west about 40 to 50 feet. You can see the crystal that Bagram smashed was ahead of you, and Morvan is to the northeast. Uh, yeah, northeast at the moment. Uh, I'm getting there. There's no way I'm going to risk that again. So now we'll, we'll go Dragon's turn. How far away is the dragon from Morvan? Morvan is 60 feet away oh, from the Oh, that's dragon. perfect. The dragon can fly 60 feet. Let's go, baby. All right, the dragon swoops down across this arcane dream and gets into Morvan's grill. All right, two attacks and a breath weapon. Let's go. That is a 15 and a 20. Uh, I will shield. So the 15 would miss anyway, but shield will bring my AC 22. Cool. Awesome. And then the uh, breath weapon. So that's a dexterity save for you. Dex save. I think that's going to save. That's a 17 Ooh, plus. Yeah. It's a 17 to save. So no damage balance. Ah, you saw it's half damage on a save. Oh, I still got a roll con save though. Oh, it's max damage too. Jeez. So, was 12, but only 6. So, you have to roll a concentration check. DC 10. Or 12. 20. All right. So, he is well and truly in uh, his wall of force. All right. That then brings us to Micah's turn. All right. We'll move the full 30 feet. Well, yeah. We'll bonus action, Misty Step, the extra 5 feet. Yeah. And then we're going to consensually touch you uh, and use. Uh, Can you read out protection from Evil Good for me? Until the spell ends, one willing creature you touch is protected against. He's not going to be willing, is he? Well, I guess that's my turn. <laughs> well, I've, I've, using that would have been my first. Would been my action, so that would have been my action there. Damn. All right, unable to make the spell land as an unwilling target. So you grab the sides of Morvan's face, trying to compel this blue arcane energy out of his form. Unable to do so, he seems to be an unwilling creature. A deadly blow on his face. The power of Micah compels you. <laughs> um, be free, devil. What level spell was protected from good and evil? Okay, you're good. Uh, Bagram, you're up. All right, well, I tried to be a wizard. Didn't work. <laughs> so now it's time to be a rogue. I'm going to hide. Bonus action hide. And then I'm going to... I uh, take out my bow and arrow and just take a short bow attack against Morvan. All right, go for it. So you peek out of this rocky outcropping your by, and you can see that he is assailing, being assailed. You get sneak attack too. Ooh, that is a either 10 
four. There it is. That's better. That's 19 plus eight. 20, 27. <laughs> yes, we're good. We're good. All right. So damage die is a max damage six plus four. So that's 10. And sneak attack is another 5d6. 20, 22, 25. Okay. So sailing through this dreamscape, he watches the arrow hits Morvan directly into the chest. He watches his eyes close and they open to reveal Morvan's true eyes. And he watches him as a dream and as a vision just blinks out. Morvan's gone. However, standing in his space, you watch as this uh, tendril black creature begins to emanate across the, the area. The wall of force, is it still there? It's gone. It is gone. The All wall right. of force also disappears with um, with uh, Morvan. Gone as well. I'm going to use my movement and get as close as I can back to it again. Okay, so you've moved five feet to make that shot. All right, so having taken this shot, Morvan being uh, nullified, you watch as the creature has returned in full force. Uh, I need Morvan because you are gone. You can roll the d4. Remember, three does nothing. Two. Okay, within this space, you all hear the voice of Arden saying, I'm here with you. And now you are all able to fly. Fly, to hell fly. yeah. Yep. Arden, love your work. So you begin to watch as all of your feet begin to take off from this place and you all have a 60 foot fly speed. Fly scorpion! scorpion. <laughs> yes! Love that. Let's <laughs> go. Yes. Okay, in front of it. Let's see if it gets its possession back. It doesn't. It begins to charge up this blue electrical energy and smashes at uh, Micah twice. Or oh, natural one. And a 24. You take 14 points of psychic damage directly assailing you. It will stay there. You watch as it attempts to possess you, Micah, but you watch as Fizz just sort of stands in front of you and goes, nope, nope, not doing this again. And you watch as he waggle on a finger in front of you. Drew, eat. You'll go. Alrighty. Scorpion uh, Drew. Yeah, flying Scorpion Drew. <laughs> no more portals for Drew. <laughs> oh, thank fuck. How far am I from the crystal? 55 feet. Alright, I'm going to fly at the big dude. Fly the big boy with my pincers and tail out. Like, yeah, <laughs> like the Nautilus flying through the air. Dun, dun, Absolutely. Alright, you get there within five feet of the creature. Well, the... That is a 21, a 15, and a 17. Two hits, one miss. That's a th three damage from the claw. However, the stinger actually does quite a bit of damage. So. And then you have to make a constitution save as well, or you take a heap of damage. Yeah, that's a... Oh, oh I think it's a two for the claw save. Four damage for the stinger, and then... Oh, 26 damage. 26, how do you want to kill this? Hell yeah, well that is with the stinger. So I'm literally <laughs> this flying scorpion has flown in at this big boy, coming in, two pincers and a big stinger out. Tries to smack him with one of the pincers, second one misses, and then his stinger gonna go straight for his chest and just try and just impale this guy with his stinger. Unleash the poison. And from the center of this creature, you watch his bleeding, uh, like an inky venom-like substance just begins to wrap around the tendrils of this white uh, arcane force, and it eventually just explodes into starlight. It's at that point you watch as the atmosphere in this area becomes less statically charged. Vagram, I'll say that you move over to the last crystal. Roll your attack, because we're out of initiative now. Uh, 16 plus 8, 24. Okay. That will hit only damage. Or 10 damage. All right. So as you smash this crystal, you are taken away from your own vision and cast into a memory. You're in a temple, a darkened temple that seems to be extremely old, almost forgotten. You can see standing in front of you, the shadowy figure, face de-illuminated in shadow. You hear these words echo through the silent air. It says, you betrayed me. You led me to my prison and threw away the key. I hate you! And at that, it just fades away. Can I ask the dragon what he saw in his dream? I'm going to relay that to everyone. I will say, having... Oh, okay, I'll fucking roll. <laughs> no. Okay, so it, it not being... It's an arcane construct. It is unable to comprehend a dream. I will say no. Oh. Um, I'm just going to, while this is all happening, uh, supercharge my hands and bring Morvan back up with 5 HP. He's gone. <laughs> I disappeared. It's when you, when you die in the dream... You come back into your senses, and at that point, all of you have gathered around this iron case. You can see as it flings open, there's this white flash. As this flash occurs, it takes you out of this space, and you open your eyes to the twinkling sight of Arden laying on the stone tablet in front of you. Looking around, you can also see, standing there, conscious, and having been there for the last, say, 12 seconds, is Morvan. 
Looking around this area, Siraj puts a hand on Arden's shoulder and says, We have much to discuss, my friend. Good to have you back. Arden sits up to you all and says, I want to thank you all. I owe you all a great debt of gratitude. But now, we go back to the Odyssey. We rest, and it seems like we have a lot that needs to be done. Um, yeah, we have some troubles at the Odyssey tonight. Um, and then that will cut. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We want to thank you guys for tuning in as always. This episode was Michael as Drew, Brett as Morvan, Brian as Bayagram, Michael as Micah, and me, Aaron, as your Dungeon Master. Guys, we have a very special opportunity for fans of our show for the next arc of D&D Valiant Odyssey. As you know, we rotate through various different groups and we are letting our patrons decide who they hear from next. So, you will have a choice between following the footsteps of Morven and the Forgotten Four, or you can follow the path of Drew Eid back to the Crown Killers. To vote in this poll, you can find the link that's exclusive to our patrons in our Discord, and our Discord link is in the show notes below. Remember guys, you can follow our Patreon for free and have access to this vote, Plus, you will also get access to community games, watch parties, and after-episode chats with the cast. So it's definitely worth your while. The link to the Patreon is also in the show notes below. The next episode, we wait to hear from you guys as to who the adventure in the Odyssey will follow. That episode will release on the 11th of July. And as always, be valiant.